Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth-building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought-provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting-edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to Learn to Earn with Tyler Sheff. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It is that time again, folks. It's time to learn to earn. Now, today we are talking with a local guest. This is somebody that I met through my one of my local business associations. It's called the Tampa Bay Business Owners. And before I get started with the guest, I just want to tell my listeners out there, if you are really serious and you're going to get involved in real estate investing and you want to take your marketing game to the next level, coming up this spring in Orlando, actually, is the in Orlando, Florida, is the the PodFest celebration. Uh, it's a multimedia festival, basically. And if you go to PodFest.us, that's P-O-D-F-E-S-T, PodFest.us, if you've ever considered launching your own podcast or a YouTube channel or any sort of digital media uh, where audio or video is involved, then you should think about getting on a plane, get in the car, get down to Orlando and learn. There are going to be industry experts from all across the country. I will be there as a uh, doing a little bit of MC work and whatnot. So I look forward to seeing you guys out there. And if I get if you are if you do get a ticket to PodFest, make sure you let me know. If you go to PodFest.us, if I get enough of my listeners there, maybe we can do a Cashflow Guys meet up there right at PodFest. So look forward to seeing you guys out there. But today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. I've got a lot of favorite topics, but this one is didn't used to be my favorite topic, actually. I'm being uh, somewhat introverted and then now become extroverted. Today, we're going to talk to Tiffany Kellogg, and she's the author of the book Four and a Half Networking Mistakes. Now, over the past def- decade, Tiffany Kellogg has helped thousands of entrepreneurs make more money while saving time so they can have more fun. That's awesome by creating referrals for life. Tiffany is in demand as a professional keynote speaker, coach, trainer with the Referral Institute, and she also co-owns a business with her husband, Rob. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much for having me. I appreciate being on. I'm glad to have you because, you know, networking is something real estate investors, it's tough. A lot of investors are not used to putting themselves out there. You, you go to investment meetings. I don't know if you've ever been to a real estate investment meeting, but you've got anywhere from five to 100 people in a room all different levels of experience, skill sets, and whatnot. Some people have money. Some people are on their last dollar. It can be intimidating. It, yes. It, absolutely intimidating. So did you experience any of that early on? I mean, what led you to become a networking pro? You know, I, I started networking only out of necessity. I, I started a business in 2003 called ThreadArt, a promotional products company. And I actually spent the first couple of years cold calling and that is not a fun thing to do. <laughs> Luckily, I found networking. And so it was an option between networking and cold calling. So while I was nervous and did not want to necessarily go networking, it certainly be the alternative. 
That's true. Because cold calling is a painful experience in itself. I've never been a fan of that, but uh-uh. I've had to do it and I've learned to be good at it, although I don't like it. <laughs> That's never a pleasure. And, you know, when you got in, you, so you got good, you started doing the networking, you got good at it. At what point did you decide, hey, I want to, I want to write a book about it? Well, so I, I was using networking to, you know, grow my own business for a couple of years. And then I started getting a little bit better at it. And in 2009, I actually gave my business to my husband and started full time working with entrepreneurs on growing their business by referral. And I work mainly here in the Tampa Bay area, though I go uh, wherever I'm booked to go. But what I found was is there's a lot of people that I, I couldn't reach or, you know, they're not coming to Tampa to see me. And so I decided in 2010 that I was going to write a book on these networking mistakes that the experts tell you to make. It took till 2015 for me to actually start writing the book. But once I got going on it, it was, you know, let's get this out there. And so I was really excited. We published the book in September of last year. That's awesome. And what's that? I've, I've always thought about writing a book. People tell me I should write a book, but I haven't got around to it yet. It's probably something that's on my bucket list, but what's the process involved? I mean, how long did it take you start to finish to put all that together? So, you know, it's really interesting. Writing a book is actually the easy part, the writing. Uh, when I first wrote, I want to say it took about two months to get everything out of my head and onto paper for the rough draft. Right. The ensuing months, though, were so much back and forth, editing, proofreading, does this flow? And it takes a lot longer to go through the editing and prepping process than it did for the actual writing part. And to me, it's super key whether you have a ghostwriter or you write it yourself is invest in the right editor to help that it just flow. For me, I want to say it was about nine months from start to finish for that book. Now I've got another book that I started writing. I wasn't going to write another book in 2016 because I was just not wanting to deal with it. But then you get hit with this, oh yeah, here's the next book. And in August... I started working on my next book and it'll be out January 9th. So it's a shorter process now that I've got some of it down. I mean, you just can't go on five or spend five bucks and have somebody do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I use my, I, I don't use Fiverr. I use Updesk. Love it. Okay. You know, I love the concept, but there's some, some things that you want to invest in and spend time and money on. I you know, agree. One, face, one Facebook post, no big deal. A book that you're going to have, Especially your first book, you want people to be willing to read the second. Yeah, that's for sure. And speaking or of your at second least book, the second chapter. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, because you get through the first cover, and it's like, well, this one is no good. What yeah. um, What's the second book going to be about? If you don't mind me asking. So it's going to be about doing presentations, and not just presentations like you're speaking in front of a group, but even a one-on-one prospecting meeting. Some there's there's one thing that people I think should do when they, they first meet others and not share why they do what they do, what inspires them. And so many people don't do that. And so whether you're meeting one-on-one with a potential prospect, with an investor, whether you're speaking in front of 10 or 200 people, it, it takes a look at how do you knock the socks off your audience? I'm looking forward to that coming out. I do a lot of public speaking and what I do, obviously. So, and I'm, there's always room for improvement. I've been a big fan of Toastmasters. I've been going to Toastmasters now for a couple of years and that's always helpful, but uh, there's always a lot of room for improvement as well. So yeah. looking forward to that coming out. Always improve, we're always improving those skills, aren't we? Yes, we are. That's for sure. At least we should be. Not all of us are. Some of us are, are some of us think we've already got it and, and 
<laughs> and the rest of us know better. Right. <laughs> we should we should continue to self improve every single day. Definitely. So you talk in the book about why you may not want to pass out business cards. And this one kind of threw me back because I, until I read the book, I used to be that guy. I was like, well, I'm here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. And then you mentioned in the book that may not necessarily be the right way to do things. So let's talk about that because I think that's powerful. So before we go and make you wrong for passing out business cards, you know, part of the, the premise of the book with the four and a half networking mistakes is these are the things that, almost all the experts are telling you to do. And so most people, when they talk about networking, do share, hey, make sure everyone has your card. Mm -hmm. my, my take on it, though, is not everyone really cares who you are or needs your information. And so most of us get really annoyed when somebody puts us on their email list and we get spammed and get information that we don't request. Right. And to me, when somebody gives you their business card and you haven't asked for it, that's you're just a victim of in-person spamming. That's interesting. So I just, you know, shove this in your hand and what what are you supposed to do with it? Now we do talk in the book about, you know, if you you're talking to somebody and they you want them to have your card and they haven't asked you yet for it, then you can certainly say, "Hey, can I get one of your cards?" and the hope is that they would in return say, "Sure, of course. Can I get one of yours as well?" Okay, so essentially don't force feed them your card like you're standing in a group of six people and go hand out six cards. Five people don't even know who you are. <laughs> right, right. And it's funny. I was at uh, the networking event I saw you at a couple weeks ago. I did have one gentleman who just handed me his card. And I'm like, what would you like me to do with this? <laughs> I, I, was, I was just asking. It wasn't like a canned response. Right. I was just like, I'm like, cause, and I was curious because I was like, you've given me your card. You've barely introduced yourself. I'm just curious. What would you like me to do with it? And the, the look on his face was priceless. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but, I mean, if we think about it, you know, if we're giving the card before we know if there's any potential, what's the point? Well, yeah, exactly. And I see that. A lot. I get at that a lot. You know, people don't mm -hmm. take the time to, they don't even know, they, they say they, uh, you know, they give me their card, but they don't even know what I do. Right. And if my business even aligns with theirs or if I even need their services, I've had, um, I can't think of any off the top of the my head, but oh, car dealers. I had a, a guy that that has a um, a fleet car detailing shop for fleets. Not he, he doesn't even he's not even looking to detail my truck. He wants right. he wants like fifty trucks. He force feeds me his card, and I'm thinking, and I had, I had already read your book, and I'm thinking, oh geez, you know, dude, <laughs> you're killing me because this is going to go right in the garbage, and I hate to waste your money, but uh, it's not going to go anywhere. So absolutely, right, right. Now, you know, a lot of real estate gurus teach get the business card when you go to a networking event, which I'm sure to some, you know, you're that's a little different than what we just talked about is you're asking for the card, put the card in your database and then reach out to them via email or whatever. Is that considered spamming by traditional sense? So I think that if you've met someone and you you've got their card and you reach out with a follow up, whether it's an email, a phone call even a, a handwritten note. I think that's fine. You know, it was great to meet you at this event. I look forward to speaking with you soon. Could we get together in the future? I don't think that's spamming. Uh, if you come back to the office and add them to your email distribution list and send them a sales flyer every other day, I think then, yeah, that's not appropriate. That's a problem. Unless you, unless you ask permission. That's good information right there. 
Now, you had also talked about name tags. I've never been a name tag guy. I've had a hard time wearing. I don't. I just don't like name tags. And the shirts I wear, they never stick to them anyway. So, um. <laughs> but let's talk about name tags for a second. Go to a networking event. They have the hello, my name is, or I see. I'm a real estate agent, but I'm not. I'm. I'm definitely not your traditional uh, real estate agent, the glamour shot type. So I don't have the big fancy glowing. Uh, name tag that looks like the Caldwell Banker commercial emblem with the yeah. flashing lights on the side and and all that. So what, what's your take on name tags? So I think that when you're at a networking event, you should wear a name tag. Okay. You know, if you want to wear a name tag when you go to the grocery store or you're out and about, that's a whole different conversation that I'm not getting into. Uh, but I think at a networking event, it's really important for people to wear name tags. And nowadays, you can pay 10 or $12 to get a name tag with a magnet so it doesn't put holes in your shirts or fall off. What goes on your name tag is important. Number one, you want your name. Right, of course. <laughs> and part of that is, I mean, have you ever been at a networking event and you saw somebody and you were having a conversation with somebody and they knew you and you're thinking in your head, oh my gosh, who is this person? Daily. <laughs> okay. And so if they have a name tag on, at least not only do you have their face, but you have their name and typically between the two, you're able to remember, even if you don't remember their face. Okay. So there, there, there is that aspect of it. Do it for everyone else. Right. Um, supposedly there's a, a study that the chamber of commerce did that shows that you are more approachable when you wear a name tag. So there's that aspect as well. Huh. What's in, what's important though, is what you put on your name tag, because a lot of people will put their company name or their profession on their name tag. And when you're meeting with a prospect or when you're hosting an event, I think you definitely want your, your logo. However, when you're networking, I like to recommend that people have a conversation starting name tag. So something on the, the name tag that gets people to ask questions instead of it saying real estate, right? We want something that will have people saying, what is that you do? Because the, the problem is when we lead with our profession, whether it's how we introduce ourselves or on our name tag, people will assume they know what we do based on the other people that they know. And so we, we don't want to have that happen. We don't want them to have a preconceived notion of who we are and what we do. So we really want to have a conversation starting name tag something that will start a conversation and get people curious. Then you get to share how you help people, which will hopefully lead into a much more powerful conversation. I, I hate to put you on the spot, but I've, I've got to know, cause now you've got me intrigued. What would I like for me? I'm, I'm in real estate, but I'm in commercial real estate and I teach real estate investing. So what would I put on there to inspire conversation? So my question back to you, I'm not deferring. I just need to know a little sure. bit more first. If I had to ask you, you know, if you think about how you help your clients mm -hmm. as you're teaching people, what would you say that you help them do? Um, I help them maximize their investing potential. In other words, I help them make more money. Okay. And so if we, we think about that, what's some of the things that inspire you most about what you get to create for other people? Watching them learn and getting it. I like to see people win. Gotcha. Okay. So... What if you had win on your name tag? Interesting. And, and when people say, well, what's that all about? Well, I, I help people win. And then the hope is that they would ask, well, how do you do that? 
And that would give you the opportunity to say, well, what I do is I work with, and then you can go into talking about what it is that you do. Oh, wow. There's a, there's a game changer. Yeah. yeah. You know, on my, on my name tag, I, I have several different ones, but one of the ones that I have uh, says MMST. And when people are like, well, what's MMST? Well, I help people make money, save time, MMST. And the hope, again, is people will say, well, how do you do that? Because if I lead with, I'm a coach, I'm an author, I'm a speaker, blah, 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 blah. Right. Nobody's listening. But if you can lead with the benefit, if you can lead with what you can create for the people that you work with. That's just awesome. Powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. So I, I, let me ask you, is it, I've said in the past that I do a lot of radio interviews. I've been on you know several radio stations in Tampa, as I know you have as well. And I and people ask me a lot of times, what do I do? And if, if I need a quick punchline, which is absolutely 100% accurate. It's not even gimmicky. I tell people I make millionaires because that's what I do. Yeah. When I help somebody acquire an apartment building that they never thought they would ever have the ability, the money, the credit to, to acquire, and they look back at me at the closing table and go, holy crap, pardon my French. <laughs> I own an apartment building and I didn't have to use much of my own money. They're a millionaire as soon as that thing is it appreciates over time. So that's what I do. I make millionaires. Is that something yeah. that would be feasible to put on a tag? You could totally do that. I think I'm going to have my editor remove that part out of my little bit of scarcity mentality going on there. I'm going to have my audience <laughs> run around with, I make millionaires. <laughs> the difference is, listeners, if you're listening, I can prove it. Can you? <laughs> Just kidding. They, my audience knows I love them. They're the response. They're, they're why I'm here. No, no. And it's just, you know, and everybody's different, you know, because sometimes people will say, you know, based on my profession as a, in real estate, what should my name tag be? And it really comes down to what is it that you're actually doing. And so it's so often different for each and every person. And we were really just thinking about, okay, what is it that we're creating? And we use this benefit focused that will help us start that conversation and get people interested. And here's the thing. You, you have the conversation starting name tag on. Some people will ask you about it, and they won't follow up and ask you anything else, and that just lets you know that they're not interested in that part of the conversation. That and makes you can move on. Sense. So you don't – no title. So in my example, first name no. only? Um, I'm, I can go either way whether you want to do first name, first and last name. Uh, I think I actually do first – and last name most of the time because I try and brand Tiffany Kellogg versus Tiffany, right. not the singer. Right. Um, so I think you know, depending on your brand, if it's brand, you know, if you typically brand your first name, you go with your first name. If it's your first and last name together, then do the two. That's good advice. That's really good advice. Yeah. And you talk about so while we're there, we've we've gone to the event. We've got a pocket full of business cards. They've asked for it. We've. They've looked at our name tag. Now they know our name, even though they can't remember for the life of them why we're walking up and saying <laughs> hi. Elevator pitch. We're at the elevator pitch. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> most of this is another one that most of the experts, I mean, they will give you their formula for an elevator pitch. The problem with an elevator pitch at a networking event is really if we think about the, the purpose of an, an elevator pitch is in 30 seconds or 60 seconds or less, pitch me on your product or service so I can decide if I want to buy from you or not. Correct. Networking events, true networking events, and you know, if we're we're there to meet people, are not about buying and selling. We we call that the networking disconnect because a lot of people will go to networking events trying to sell to others, but very few are there to buy. And so we call that the networking disconnect. And 
if the purpose of a networking event is to meet new people, and I like to say book a meeting from the meeting, so let me book the meeting from the meeting so we can see um, if we, we want to move forward in our professional relationship, then we don't want to be pitching and selling them. So what I actually recommend is something called a, a funneling conversation, which is just a series of a couple questions to determine could you be a prospect for me or not? If you, you can, great, let's schedule an appointment. If not, then you're not going to you know move right on, but essentially you know that they're not a good fit for you. And I'm not big on let's go to a networking event and leave with 500 business cards. I, I want to go to a networking event and leave with a couple of, of appointments scheduled with those potential referral sources, with those potential prospects. I see. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And I find that, that I wrote that down actually. I know this in listeners, if you missed it, it's you're the most people go when they go to a networking event, they're there to sell. They're not mm -hmm. necessarily there to buy. I think that's a, that's a powerful statement. I really never put the thought into that. Now yeah, I've, been, I've been one. I can, I gotta, I confess. I, I've been taught the elevator pitch. I use the elevator pitch. I teach the elevator pitch, but I think Oops. I'm going to, tweak no and i'm glad I, i'm very transparent i always have been and i'm gonna we're gonna share that with my students and we just did frankly that's why we recorded it because yeah. i certainly don't have all the answers and i learn something new every day so this that's a pretty powerful lesson i really never thought about that yeah and i mean don't give there are totally times where you want to use the elevator pitch you know when you're sitting down with a prospect or somebody needs that quickness i i think there's always times for it just not at the networking event Right, and it really comes down to the, the, like you said, the timing of delivery. For example, if you, mm -hmm. it, well, to some degree, it's like a business card in a way. It's you're not shoving it in their face. Correct. Correct. Right. Hey, I'm Tyler, and I'm you know blah 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 blah. Like, well, I don't really care, dude. You're in my way. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's good advice. So that's kind of how I translate it. Is I think of it like a business card, effective when when deployed appropriately. Now, you talk about uh, networking alone won't help you grow your business. And again, this is something now I don't, I agree with you 100% on this topic. And, but I hear a lot of people, a lot of educators out there in the, in the industry teach the exact opposite. I've really never agreed with that methodology, but I would, I, I'd love to see, hear your take on this as well, kind of reinforce that. Yeah, so I think networking is a, a small part of growing your business by referral or having a, a word-of-mouth business. Uh, I, I do a program called Ignite Your Business, which is where we essentially help you create a system for a steady flow of referrals that comes through. You know, you get, you get your marketing plan based on referrals. And out of that, it's a 10-module program. Only one module is about networking. The other nine modules is, is where it's at. It's about who are going to be the people that can refer you all day, every day. Who are going to be the right relationships that can pass you referrals? And I know a lot of people say clients are your best referral sources. And clients are really great referral sources, but they shouldn't be your best. Because most clients know a dozen or two people like them. If we can find the right, we call them contact sphere relationships, so the non-competing industry that has the same target market. If we can find the, the right people if that, that have that focus, if we can find the, the right ones that could pass us referrals on a daily or a weekly basis, that can be so much more powerful. So, you know, it's about finding who are going to be the right people 
And then how do I educate them and motivate them so that they want to pass me more referrals? Okay. And so to me, networking is almost like speed dating. Let me go out there and meet who I can meet. But I'm not typically going to get married at a speed dating event where I've talked to you for five minutes. Exactly. It, it, it's going to take more of a relationship. And so a lot of times people think, well, let me go out there, meet a ton of people, throw a bunch of stuff on the wall. I'll see what sticks. Instead, I think it's important that you come up with, you know, who are your top four, six or eight referral sources that can pass you referrals all day, every day. And, and educating them and motivating them, create that flow of referrals. So to some degree, this kind of parallels, I teach my students, uh, educate to dominate. In other mm. words, you know, talk to people, educate them, provide, bring value to the marketplace. You know, put your, your message out there effectively, not necessarily with the shotgun blast method, so to speak, which yeah. goes right along with what you're saying there. It's, it's, growing those relationships over time and, and identifying who those target people are mm -hmm. kind of like when they say get to your why this is this is a, a similar thing is to narrow it down stay get focused so to right. speak that's great advice this is going to be this is an awesome episode i really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us oh. um, I'm, I'm having a blast good 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 you uh talk about a half a mistake and frankly it's in the title of your book four and a half networking <laughs> mistakes which by the way so I've been doing a lot of writing lately because I've finally decided I, my audience is always asking for content. They want more and more content, which, you know, I can only do so much. But so one of the things I've started doing is uh, spending, sending out my blogs via email and mm -hmm. which actually means that I got to sit down and write them. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I didn't want to hire a lot of that away. So I decided to just sit down and do it myself. But um, what I learned in, in, in the process of doing this is, that the title is, is critical to getting people to open email or, or marketing pieces or whatnot. And I got to say, I love four and a half networking mistakes because I immediately, it's stuck in my head ever since. Yeah. And it, it, I, I got to ask, what's a half a, half a mistake? So it, it goes back to the business cards conversation that we were having earlier. And it's a, it's a half a mistake because not every expert tells you to do it. So it's about half of the experts will, will coach you to do this. That's why it's only a half of a mistake because not all of them do it. Um, but it has to do with some of the experts will say, when you're passing out your business cards, it's like here's one for you and a few for you to pass on. Hmm. And if we, think, if we think about it, and this is great because we were just having the, the analogy of speed dating <laughs> when it comes to relationships. Right. If, if I just met you for the first time, what's the likelihood that I'm going to refer you? You're not. Yeah, unless you're the only one that does what you do. For example, I only know one professional sandcastle builder. And I'm like, when I met him, I'm like, really? I didn't even know that was a profession. Um, <laughs> right. But so, like, if, if, if anybody asks, I, don't, I may not know him well, but he's the only one I know. But for most people, there are dozens, if not hundreds, of others that do what we do. And so the, very, the likelihood of me referring you when I first meet you is slim to none. Exactly. Exactly. If people want to pass a card on from you, from you they'll typically ask. And this is kind of, and I love this conversation because in, in, our, in the real estate industry, a lot of what's taught, a lot of the, the real estate gurus, so to speak, they teach these guerrilla marketing techniques where you're just 
you're, you're doing everything short of grabbing them by the throat, slamming them against the wall and, and <laughs> force feeding their business card or whatever garbage you're pitching down yeah. their throat. So this is absolutely great. I'm really having a good time with this. Lastly, before we wrap up here, any tips for the introverted? And before I answer that is a lot of people come to me and when I tell them they have to go to networking events, they've got to get out there and, and I call it shake hands and kiss babies. They got to meet people. They got to build relationships. It takes time. This is not an overnight thing. You're the, the wholesalers in our industry, those that are wholesaling real estate, they need to find people that have problems. So their idea of finding problems is they'll send 5,000 postcards out. Uh, mm. Doesn't work. It's not a, it's not effective. In my opinion, it's not effective. You spend a lot of money. No better way to find problems and be able to solve them by than by shaking a hand and going out, getting face to face. So for those that are just terrified of that, or and I'm gonna make this kind of a, a two part or two phase question, the people that are not confident with what they do, and I hear this a lot. People say, "Well, what's your name? My name's Tim." Well, hey Tim, uh, what do you do? Um, I'm in real estate. <laughs> and I think to myself, what kind of tips can you do to help them kind of get out of their skin? Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, I, I will share for your listeners. I am also an introvert. Networking is not something natural to me. It takes actually a lot of energy out of me. Put me in front of a room of a couple hundred people to do a speaking engagement. I'm good. Put me behind the computer. I'm good to go into a, a, a networking event with 50 people. I don't know takes a lot of energy for me, even to this day. It's just not something that I'm natural at. So there's a few things I do that, that typically helps. Number one, um, in the book, we actually talk about the fact that there's 19 networking nuggets. And one of the nuggets that I share is have a networking goal. And so before I go into the event, I've actually set a goal of how many appointments that I want to, to make, how many connections do I want to make. And I go in, I get those connections and then I get out. <laughs> once once I hit my goal, that way I'm not like, do I need to stay here for two hours for the whole event? Get in, do the goal, get out. Like a one networking thing, ninja. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I like to do also, which is one of the networking nuggets, is what I call tag team networking. And with tag team networking, essentially that you get a partner that will go to a networking event with you. Now, this can be pretty much anyone as long as they're not in business with you, they're not in a, like a personal relationship with you, they don't work at the same company or live in the same house. Um, but it can be other, you know, anybody else you know in the professional world. And what we do in tag team networking is when somebody would ask, you know, hey, what is it that you do? You'd actually be quiet and let your partner answer and talk about you. And then you do the same for your partner. And what we find is most people are more comfortable promoting others than talking about themselves. And so we kind of take off the pressure of you have to talk about yourselves and have other people do it for you. That's brilliant. I dig that. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> that is really, really good. And so that, that lends the point to, you know, something I frankly never thought of is it doesn't hurt to bring somebody with you when you come to these events. And I guess, you know, sometimes I over, overlook things that are the obvious that are right there in front of me. I'm like, well, geez, that would been a lot easier mm -hmm. but uh, wow that's that's fantastic advice so listeners if you would really everybody i've talked to almost everybody i, I would probably say maybe one percent of the people that i talk to from the show share the or don't have this problem the other 99 percent of you to some degree have suffer from some degree of introversion resistance to networking it, it's something that's 
problematic in real estate and in pretty much any business or any industry. So this book, I'm here to tell you, I read it myself and listeners, you know that I don't spend any time recommending anything that I don't <laughs> believe in because if it's garbage, you will not hear about it on the show. Well, take that back. You will hear about some garbage on this show, but it's not in a recommendation type <laughs> uh, light. So get out there. What's the best way for them to to get a hold of the book? Is to go to your website? Um, you can actually go on Amazon. Okay. It's available on Amazon. If you put in my name, which is Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-I-E, Kellogg, K-E-L-L-O-G. Uh, I'm the only one with the name spelled that way. It'll pull up my author page, and you can grab my book. That's awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to come out and uh, educate us today. And I got to tell you, you did a fantastic job at that. And I'm sure my listeners are definitely going to agree. So thank you so much once again. Thanks so much for having me. Folks, before we wrap up today, just a couple of little housekeeping things. Uh, those of you that have not joined the Facebook group, which I know is a lot of you have not joined the Facebook group, uh, you missed out. last The other night we did a, a our first live Q&A session on the Zoom platform, and that's if you go to zoom.us, and that will give you access to the Zoom software. It's free, of course, and you download it into your phone or into your computer or whatnot. And then I, I sent out the link to everybody via email. So if you're not a member of the Cashflow Guys community on Facebook, I suggest you join if you want to get your questions answered. Absolutely no cost at all. We will be doing these from time to time. Go, the quickest way to get to our group is to go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group cashflowguys.com forward slash group. If you, as always, if you're looking to get on the phone with me, you need, I'm more than happy to give you 30 minutes. We'll get on the phone, help if I can get you unstuck, anything like that. Cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. And most importantly, make sure that if you have not yet registered on my website, I'm putting out a newsletter. I'm putting out the podcast episodes uh, via email in addition, I'm recording some bonus content that I'm putting out by email. I'm going to have some uh, courses coming up that are going to be free of charge, and those will be distributed via my email list, and I'm going to put some up on YouTube and whatnot. But if you want to be in the loop, if you want to be notified, I suggest you get over to my website and register, cashflowguys.com forward slash register. Or when you go to the podcast player, you can register right there to opt in. And we'll be more than happy to uh, get that information out to you and hope you can learn to earn have a great week, and we will see you next time. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.